Hi, this is Joel Boggess, one half of the Relaunch team, and you are listening to the Bob Nolly of the Labrador Leadership Podcast. Live from the RVA, this is the Labrador Leadership Podcast with Dr. Bob Nolly, the program that brings you the leadership skills that can make you the most authentic, approachable leader for the sake of your business, your team, and for you. Now, here's Bob. Ladies and gentlemen, how are you? I am too. Hope the corners of your mouths are turned up, then everything is fine as rain. You found your way back to the Labrador Leadership Podcast. Thank you all for being here. You're alone with me today, and that shouldn't scare you but so much. Maybe it does. So uh, a little a little back work to do here. I want to give a shout out to some folks that uh, showed us the love on iTunes with a great rating review, great comments. Aaron, thank you very much. He says he's all getting a lot out of the show, and that's great to hear. So Aaron, thanks very much for taking the time to say hey. Simon. Simon, thank you very much. Simon says, a lot to learn from different leaders. It's one of the uh, top trainings that we need today is leadership training. Simon, thank you so much for realizing that. And Food Heals, the Food Heals podcast, the folks there throw their hat in the rings and say they love learning new skills and improving the facets of their business and their passion. And they get a lot of help from us. Wow. Wow, that, that is just, that's just fine, fine stuff that makes me feel good. Thank you all very much. Thank you all very much for taking the time to do that. Uh, today, here's what I wanted to cover today. Uh, when, you, when you're out and about on the job or just out of the house, and then you come home and you pull in the driveway, you park in the street or you walk up the sidewalk, and then all of a sudden, sitting there by your front door on your front porch, the very porch that we sit on here, there it is, the box. The box with the big smile on the side of it. The big logo. And something you ordered from Amazon is here. Well, that's that's just great. So you pick up that box and maybe you know exactly what's in it or maybe you're so much of a customer you can't quite remember what it is yet. But there it is and it, it just fills up your your time coming home and you feel good about it. And there it is. Well... I want to put in perspective a little bit of what's going on at Amazon and and the idea that, you know, things may not be, but so happy there. Uh, There was a big article in the New York Times just a couple of weeks ago that really kind of ripped the covers back on what the culture is like. And it has stirred up quite a bit of of conversation about what it's like to work in an organization that big and that and that's modern. And I just want to run down the gist of what the article is. There are lots of employees that are named here and I'm not going to name them. I'll put a link in the show notes so you can find what uh find it and read it yourself in its entirety. But uh, the article is uh is one that sets it in the uh, in the in the context of Monday morning when all the new employees for this hiring cycle come to work and they're lined up around the building and and they're told to forget the poor habits that they've learned and uh, they're going to learn something new uh, one employee said they're told that when they hit the wall from the grinding pace that is there there's only one solution when they hit the wall and that's to climb over it 
Uh, Amazon has 14 rules and leadership principles that are uh, that are given out on laminated cards to those folks, and uh, they're quizzed on them later. And if they do really well on the quiz, they are uh, they're noted as being uh, they're given a, a little sign, a badge that says "I'm peculiar." But here's what the principles are, and I like these up as well. Customer obsession, that makes sense. Ownership. Leaders are owners. They think in the long term. Invent and simplify. Leaders are right a lot. Good business judgment, good instincts. They hire and develop the best. And that's what this article focuses on. They insist on the highest standards. And they use the term here, relentlessly high standards. They think big. They have a bias for action. They are frugal. They are learners, lifelong learners, and they are curious. They earn trust. Hmm. Dive deep. They have backbone. They disagree and commit. And finally, number 14, how you counted them up, they deliver the results. Uh, In an organization like that, says the article, and you can imagine working here as I step through this, Workers are encouraged to tear apart one another's ideas in meetings. And that's productive. That's productive. That creates growth for everyone. That's an analysis of business initiatives that are on the board, projects that are being reviewed. And you have to be able to have that conversation. Uh, But these folks are also being expected to work long hours and late, uh, emails arrived, you know, well past the midnight hour, and then their text messages right after that asking why you haven't answered my email yet. And there are lots of folks there that say the standards are unreasonably high. And I'm not so sure it's the standards as it is the culture that seems to be unreasonably high to these folks. The internal phone directory, says the article, says that it tells colleagues how to send secret feedback to someone's boss. And folks use it a lot. Apparently in an effort to sabotage others. And that tool also offers a sample. And here's one that's given. I feel concerned about his inflexibility and openly complaining about minor tasks. So what, there should be a problem that just sprung up in your head. If you're listening to this show, at least, there should be a problem that just sprung up that you have with that. And it's not the nature of this feedback. It's the fact that you're encouraged to send it into the back door. Instead of giving that feedback to the person face to face. A muzzle velocity. So many of these folks that line up on Mondays, well, of course, they're not going to be there. And, and they're folks that leave in their annual firings and reductions of staff. Uh, the former HR director there calls it purposeful Darwinism. And there are workers there who have come out and said that they suffered you know, major health issues, including cancer and miscarriages and personal crises in their life and because of them they were evaluated unfairly or edged out instead of being given time to recover uh 
All right, let's put this all in perspective. Uh, one of the recruiters at Amazon says this is a company that strives to do really big, innovative, groundbreaking things, and those things are never easy. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. At the other end of the line, though, is someone that said uh, that worked in a book marketing area there and says you walk out of a conference room and you see a grown man covering his face nearly every person I worked with I saw cry at their desk okay if that's true something is not right there something is not right there folks that go there and are interviewed say that excuse me they like working there because it really pushed them It really pushed them past what their limits were. And then it motivated folks that were thinking big and achieving things that they thought were not within their reach at all. And even the folks that had to leave there because of the pace, because of the culture, even those folks said that their move to the next company just really helped their careers. Folks have moved on to Facebook and Rhapsody and other cutting-edge organizations. So this is happening a lot. One consultant said organizations are turning up the dial, pushing their teams to do more for less money to keep up with the competition or to just stay ahead of the executioner's blade. And this is the message that starts at the very beginning of orientation with that line of folks out the door on Monday morning. And the man in charge of the culture there is the man at the top, Jeff Bezos. And the tool he is using is data-driven management. They are inundated with data. Not inundated, that's the wrong word. They have huge, huge stacks, for lack of a better word, of metrics of what happens at every level including the level of the individual, all day long, every day in that organization. Bezos said in a letter uh, in 97 to his shareholders, you can work long, hard, or smart, but at Amazon.com, you can't choose two out of three. Well, that's one of the old management axioms right there. You can work long, hard, or smart. But he's saying you can't do just one or two. You have to do all three. He warned everyone, it's not easy to work there. Folks have had great successes there. If you're successful there and you're a good Amazonian, as they say, you become an Amabot. But your work is closely monitored. There have been negative things in the presses. In in a warehouse they had in Pennsylvania, workers were in there in 100-degree heat. Ambulances were just queuing up outside to take care of people that were passing out. So when that hit the local media there, well, Amazon went in and put in air conditioning. Things like that, coupled with send secret feedback to everybody's boss, and here's what it could sound like. You could see that's like raising a bar. But some people really want to succeed there. And 
There are times you just can't see. It just doesn't sound like it can ever be enough. <clears throat> one employee said, one time I didn't sleep for four days straight. The little businesses she'd started up, she said, were her babies, and I did whatever I could to make them successful. Somebody's fiance got so concerned about her working so late into the night, night after night, he would drive up to the building at about 10 o'clock and call her on her cell until she agreed to come home. And when he finally got her to go on vacation, they took a trip to Florida, but she was in a Starbucks every day working on the wireless there. And the key is that they have all of this data. Arguably, it is said, more than any retail operation ever in the world to take action upon. So in these meetings, when you're challenged with all this data and people ask you about one line item, one minutia, I mean, you've gotten you've gotten printouts that are you know, 50 or 100 pages long of this data. And then somebody comes to you and asks you about one line item here. And it's good to have the data. But you may not be able to have ground out the analysis of it yet. So if you go. I'm not totally sure or I'll get back to you. People respond to you by saying, that's stupid. What? That's stupid. Or just stop it, says the article. And this has had the impact on a lot of workers. One, one co-worker said, Amazon is where overachievers go to feel bad about themselves. Wow. There was an employee who worked in one division. She had a child, and she arranged with her boss to be in the office every day at 7 a.m. And that's great, because some people get there earlier. So she worked from 7 a.m. to 4.30 each day, and went home to get her child, and then was back on her laptop later. And her boss said that worked great, and everything's going good. But the problem was, all of her colleagues Many, many of them didn't know how early she got there. So they sent negative feedback accusing her of the hour she was keeping and leaving too soon. So in the end, after he had told her, he or she had told her that everything's going okay, yeah, these hours are good, he said, I can't stand here and defend you if your peers are saying you're not doing your work. So says the article. And about a year later, she left. And here's the issue that we've mentioned before, at least a contributor to it, that continues to come up. This competition culminates into a 360 review. It's at the organizational level. And managers actually debate the rankings they're going to give their subordinates. And names are moved back and forth between the levels in a matrix online and everybody sits there. And big companies, lots of big companies have done it. And big ones like Microsoft and GE have dropped it. But there are many others, of which I'm aware, 
that still do it. There is a uh, consultant that calls it rank and yank. And what happens is, after they go, they start at the lowest level of the managers, and after they're done, the lowest level managers in the room leave because the next level to be discussed is their level. And then everybody that's in the room starts to talk about them. So this whole 360 review process feeds the issues they have here in the culture, in my mind. There was an employee who worked in the supply business at Amazon and said that her boss told her that raising children would most likely prevent her from success at a higher level because of the long hours required. Now, the article says that the manager confirmed the account and this person had been directly competing with younger colleagues with fewer commitments. So he just suggested she find a less demanding job. Well, they're both no longer with the company. He actually worked 85 hours or more a week and rarely took a vacation. Sometimes all is not good enough. There was an employee who was an early member of the Kindle team and got great high ratings, went through that 360 evaluation, and ended up at or near the top of the heap at every cycle. But then her father was suffering for cancer. She began to have to travel to take care of him, and all she did was cut back on working nights and weekends. And just on the basis of that, her status changed. And she took action. What she wanted to do was transfer to a less pressure-filled job. And her boss told her, no, she couldn't move. So, as her father left the earth, she took unpaid leave and never came back. So her quote is, when you're not able to give your absolute all, and that is 80 hours a week is her number, they see it as a major weakness. There was a lady who had thyroid cancer that was given a low rating when she came back from all of her treatment. Her manager told her that while she was out, her team members were accomplishing a great deal, her peers. There was another employee that had miscarried twins who went on a business trip the day after surgery because her boss said, I'm sorry, the work is still going to need to get done. From where you are in life, trying to start a family, I don't know if this is the right place for you. Another employee who had breast cancer was told she was going to be put on a PIP, a performance improvement plan. That's the Amazon code, apparently, for you're in danger of being fired. Okay, so you get the take of this. I'll just wrap that up there, and I will certainly link this up, uh, link the article up in the show notes, because it's a, it's a long-form read. Uh, so, what, so what happens then? The next day, I think that went to press on a Sunday. It was in the Sunday Times. Either Monday or Tuesday of that week, uh, 
Jeff Bezos sent an email to employees after he had read the article. And this is a lift from that. It said, The article doesn't describe the Amazon I know or the caring Amazonians I work with every day. But if you know of any stories like those reported, I want you to escalate to HR. And he gave his own email address and said they could contact him directly if they needed to. And he wrote that our tolerance for any such lack of empathy needs to be zero. And there was another article in the Times, a rebuttal to the Times article written by an Amazon executive uh, that had some issues with it as well. So that employee rebutted the Times article and I think it becomes a question of perspective. An employee that has taken the bit and is that is at that point in their career where they can work those hours at the expense of all else and succeed it's a there's a propensity there to have blinders on the tribulations of others. So the argument continues. And then finally, uh, Mark Murphy had a piece in Forbes and he talks about four different leadership styles and he talks about the pragmatist that clearly Bezos is. But the culture there is really something we need to consider. Many of you sitting out there now listening to this will go, yeah, I'd love to work there. Yeah, maybe maybe I would too. But will the day come and how quickly that you realize it's not quite the place for me? The couple of points I take away here, and it's not my intention here to challenge them. The whole point of this episode was to make you aware of this if you haven't read it and to encourage you to a moment of reflection, which I encourage as being important to all leaders, as to what you think of it and what would you do in that situation? What would you do if you were in a management role there? What would you do if you were a staffer there? What would you do to support people that were having troubles? Would you be sending secret feedback? It's a lot to think about. This is the company that puts the smiley boxes on our front porch. This is a smart company that's doing a lot of creative work to get things to you by drones, to get things to customers in urban areas within an hour. Really creative things. Sometimes I think it's a question of they need more leaders there and people get moved up without the experience. And without the experience, they rely on the culture to determine how to handle situations. And at a surface read, the 14 leadership points sound reasonable. It's secret feedback in the annual 360 cycle. 
That's all tough stuff. Okay, folks, you've been listening to episode 71 of the Labrador Leadership Podcast. Thanks for lending an ear today. Please, if you want to hear more about this, go to the link in the show notes and read the full article. And I'll also link up the 14 points. Okay, folks, we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Labrador Leadership Podcast. For the sake of all the special people in your life that deserve you to be the best leader you can be. Connect with us on our website at labradorleadership.com, on Facebook at Labrador Leadership, and on Twitter at Lab Leadership. Now, here's a final thought from Bob. Thank you very much for being with us today. Please go to labradorleadership.com and click on the big orange button to join the conversation and take care of one another. We'll see you next time.